I believe the best place in the world to outsource your business to is the Philippines. And in order to prove it to you, I've put together a video series over at thetropicalmba.com. Go check it out. Hey everybody out there, podcast listeners, this is Dan coming to you from downtown Manila. It's a crazy city. You'll probably hear in the background, I'm in my hotel room, I'm around all kinds of construction spots and everything. If you're into internet marketing, uh, it's a gold mine of talent. So basically I'm here for a couple weeks pulling together interviews, um, you know, meeting with my team that is located here. Actually, I'm going to be getting on the phone with Ian tonight. Uh, We have an episode planned out that we wanted to share with you a little bit about our business. I wanted to share with the audience a little bit more though the yearly review process that we go through. And uh, it's one of my favorite times of the year because I'm a really reflective kind of person. And um, we sit down and we basically try to set aside all day to day, all of like you know, what we think we're supposed to be doing for our customers and for ourselves and between each other as a partners and just say, look, let's talk about really what we want, sort of independent of, you know, what needs to be done tomorrow, what's being asked of us. I get really pumped up about this time of year because uh, it's fun for me just to like disengage from the gears of work and just sort of let my mind run free for a couple weeks. These are those couple weeks, so I'm excited to be, we'll be setting goals for everything from what we want this podcast to be to, uh, you know, our core uh, revenue generating businesses to, you know, what other projects we want to bring on in the next year. What do we want our team to look like? I think that's a big thing. I mean, one thing that's, that's pretty obvious that's happening with Ian and I is that we're, we're very much moving out of day-to-day operational duties and more into team building uh, strategic kind of roles in our own organizations. Of course, those are the things that we always loved the most. Um, but as our business grows, that's sort of more of the role that we must play. And I think a part of that like plays into this sort of being a part of the business community. And I think that's part of the reason why we wanted to start this podcast is to is to really play that that role of of more of a communicator, someone that's involved in uh, the trafficking of ideas, so to speak. Well, I turned on the recorder tonight because uh, there's a couple things I wanted to share about procrastination. I've basically been, in terms of workflow, I've been in a bit of rut. Probably, being honest, four to six four to six weeks. You know, certainly when you're a location-independent entrepreneur, uh, you're much more exposed to these kinds of ruts because there's less accountability. And so the accountability has to come from me. And I wanted to share with you a couple things, two elements. One is what I want to call institutionalizing discipline. And the second is the lifespan of an entrepreneurial idea. Okay, so let's start with the first one. I want to share with you one way I institutionalize my discipline. Uh, One critical thing to understand, like, you know, how people behave, how you behave is understand how important your environment is to your behavior. And if you want to reform your behavior, if you want your behavior to look a certain way, I think it's critical that you manipulate your environment to sort of bring those outcomes that you want about. One way I do that is 
Uh, I mentioned in the last episode how I'm a huge, very likely to click over to Hacker News or to YouTube or to New York Times or something like while I'm doing some other task. Um, if it gets a little difficult or something, it's just so easy to bail out. And this is a totally unacceptable situation because I don't want to be that person. There's some impulse in me that, that needs to do that. But what I really want to be is the person who got the work done. So then I can go enjoy the fruits of that work. I don't want to sit in front of my computer and be the person who kind of like wasted away in front of YouTube for hours on end, which is certainly, I've done that in the past. So the way I've dealt with this procrastination is I have a browser that is work dedicated. And I have a browser that is fun dedicated. So my fun browser is Google Chrome, which I actually prefer as my main browser, but I don't use it because it doesn't have plugins, which are critical to my work. So my Chrome browser is hidden, uh, or it's deep in my start menu. It's a big move. It's not just like an alt tab and I'm to another website. I have to actually go into my start menu uh, to find this program nestled in some folders. And that's like, you know, when I'm winding down for the day or something, I'm like, look, I'm going to open up my Chrome browser and I'm going to go to my Facebook page, for example. What I do for my work browser is I have a plugin called Leech Block. Leech block. Okay, and what I leech block is very popular in the productivity uh, space. What you can do with leech block is you basically just plug in all the websites that you don't want to visit. You can do this with rescue time, by the way, too. But I actually prefer this method a little bit. I heard about this method from David Turnbull on a recent blog post. He only put this blog post up um, in the last week. And I love David Turnbull's blog, by the way, in part because he's uh, some 19-year-old kid out there just giving advice and not asking for permission. And like that, to me, is just pure entrepreneurial spirit. What you want to do is plug in every URL that is even remotely distracting. So now, I even have some quasi-business resources. For example, the Google Reader account for my business Gmail account. So I use that for competitive research, for example. However, competitive research nine times out of ten isn't an output action, isn't a proactive action. It's more something I'm just sort of scanning. It's information that can be distracting, disturbing, sort of like a potpourri. It's not focused, actionable information. And so I even put that in the distracting category. So no Google Reader, no Twitter, no Facebook, no news sites. Pretty much there's a long, long list of things that I cannot do inside of my work browser. This is just one example of how setting up your environment for success can help you lead. I mean, literally like doing something as simple as burying distracting sites into my start menu in another browser increases my product. It's, it's difficult to measure, but it's insane. I think the key thing to note is that like, I can still take advantage of the same energy. So the energy that would send me off to YouTube, for example, is like, look, like you want to be stimulated. You want to have some fun here. Um, you want a little bit of a distraction. In my fun browser, like the context for that kind of thing is unlimited. And that's problematic because the context under which my goals get achieved is focused. So instead in my work browser, for example, there are places that I can go for that kind of momentary distraction. And all those places are things that are helpful to my business. Uh, they might be 
like for example all of the websites for my business I can go to so I can go and like poke around my own websites I find that that's always helpful uh, I can poke around my own blogs so I could always go post a blog which I find is always helpful even if it's less valuable than my key task still at least my distracted tasks or my lower energy tasks are focused on the end goals that I've sort of in my my, with my best energy of identified that I want to achieve. Basically, like, I achieve the same ends, have a little fun, have a little distraction, but I'm still working on my business. Um, you know, these things aren't as fun as going to YouTube or Facebook, which is why this is an effective discipline method. The other thing I want to talk about is the entrepreneurial lifespan of a task. And so I found myself in the past three weeks essentially putting off a relatively important task for three weeks. And it's a beast. I mean, it involved, it's the kind of task that I'd prefer to have two or three monitors set up for. It involved cross-checking data on two different spreadsheets. Um, it involved, it was deep into an Infusionsoft program. Actually, it was an email marketing campaign to thousands of recipients. And it's extremely difficult work um, because, you know, for different customer segments, there's different sales reps that I want to direct the traffic to and different landing pages. And it's just like one of these tasks that the reason I had not yet moved this to another person on my team is that it's very important. As you know, like email marketing is extremely effective stuff. Infusionsoft is an extremely powerful package for doing this. We use both Aweber and Infusionsoft but Infusionsoft is, is, is a beast CRM and outbound email marketing program. But it, it's difficult to use, I find. Uh, or it can be time-consuming, at least if you want to do a great job and you're, you know, you're mailing to 15,000 recipients in the course of a week. Uh, you know, all with uh, different pages, different offers, like different shades of uh, you know, approaches. You're split-testing stuff. It's important, you know, obviously but it's also extremely resource intensive in terms of energy and everything. And kind of what happened to me is like, I've identified this task for this particular business, um, like this way, this approach, probably about eight months ago. And I've been the sole bearer of this task for eight months. So at the beginning, of course, I was forging new territory, setting the protocols, tracking the effects, um, it was a big entrepreneurial move. It was a strategic shift. Um, you know, it was the beginning of the life cycle of the entrepreneurial idea. Essentially, doing this task, I would say for about three months now, I've been getting procrastinating more and more on this task. I was tempted, and I think I did for about a month, felt bad. I had an attitude where, like, oh, Dan, you know, you're just being lazy. This is really important stuff. Like, you just got to buck up and do it kind of thing. And uh, I think that's not the right approach. The best approach is to recognize that as an entrepreneur, as a person with that kind of spirit and mindset, what you want to be doing is innovating. You want to be building. And this, what I had essentially done, is built myself a big, giant task, a big role that I had to fulfill consistently. I've paid a lot of dues, so to speak, in businesses and, and done like everything from fixing products to shipping things out the back door. But as an entrepreneur, you have to make a decision after about... And I think that... I'd be interested to hear what your feedback is, but my sense is this kind of entrepreneurial task lifespan is about six months. So you identify like a new initiative, about four to six months. 
And you initially take that on as your role because you want to execute, whether that be putting the right team together for it or whatever, but you want to get it done. Now, if after four to six months you're still doing it, starting to procrastinate, it's not your fault. You're not becoming lazy. I think it's your better entrepreneurial instincts actually starting to kick in. You want to do something more. You want to build something new. And so I think the critical... Uh, point, which is the point that I brought myself to do today with this particular task. I don't know why this task was a sticking point. I think one reason is that I think it's a very difficult task to delegate. And so rather than taking on the challenge of delegation, I stuck with the challenge of execution. Uh, and it's a huge entrepreneurial mistake on my part because, you know, there's one thing that I just can't delegate, and that's the direction of my organization. Because I insist on procrastinating for three weeks and executing this task, there's just three weeks that I'm not setting the tone for my organization as effectively as I could. And everybody's losing out because I'm, I'm insisting on doing this one task. What I think you need to do as an entrepreneur and, and what I've resolved to do in this particular situation that I have in the past and it's been helpful is to say, look, after three, four to six months of execution on a new initiative or task that you've identified... If your business isn't scaled to the point around that task where you can delegate it or outsource it or put it on Odesk, then it's just, there's two options at that point. It's worth eliminating. If it's not paying your organization yet, it's worth eliminating, okay, number one. Or number two, like totally streamlining. So in my case, if I'm doing an Infusionsoft mailing campaign, we're talking about like one sales rep, one landing page, one offer, zero split tests. You know, maybe there's a third option too, which is like 100% reevaluating your approach. Because the thing is, is that the opportunity costs are just unspeakable. If you, I mean, if you think about it as an entrepreneur, if you're spending six months and you can't delegate or put some, or put that task off to another team member and move on to the next initiative, then it's not worth doing. It's just not worth doing. And, uh, you know, this is a lesson I feel like I've, I've maybe learned too many times. Um, but I want to share that with you. If you're, if you're feeling beholden to a task, you really got to step back and ask yourself, if this is really worth doing, why isn't my focus putting a team member on it or outsourcing this or building a protocol or getting this done by somebody and automating it? So that if that's the case, you know, it's true that I can create value by identifying initiatives like this and, and leading them. If that's your key value in the first one to four months, uh, you have to absolutely follow that up with uh, bringing yourself out of that situation. And I think that that's something that's really, really difficult for entrepreneurs. It's really difficult for me. Here I am running a middle, uh, like a successful business that's doing really great in revenue, and I'm struggling with this. You know, I'm struggling with holding on to work that I need to be aggressive about training people and bringing them into this kind of thing. I know that that's uh, not the most cohesive thought, but I just wanted to share that kind of epiphany I had today or uh, that idea that, uh, you know, the procrastinating that I was doing today, really a sign of the life cycle of the entrepreneur, you know, the signal going in my head that, look, like you're done with this phase in your business, like you've identified that it's valuable and now your role is to teach someone to execute the way you have so that way you can bring it to the next level. It's a great lesson to really identify how valuable things that you're doing, the tasks that you do every day are. If, if you can't hire somebody to do them, then they're not valuable enough. If you can't pay somebody to outsource it, it's not worth doing uh, because it's not making anybody any money. And, uh, 
and what a, what a killer metric. So I think that that's uh, one way you can leverage your personal emotions as a uh, entrepreneur to, to 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 push you in the right direction. That you you ought to be growing, that you ought to be building, and uh, moving on. So anyway, I hope you find that helpful. I'm excited to get on the horn. Uh, within the next 24 hours here with Ian, and we're going to be pulling together a really cool episode for everybody that hopefully we'll be able to publish within the next week. So I look forward to speaking with you all shortly. Hey, don't be shy. We've got a mailing list, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. You can also send us your questions. We will attempt to answer them on air. Dan at lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. That's all we've got. See you next time.